Hello friends. It's been a little while since I've done one of these. Welcome to Burning Tarot, the alleged podcast. You might hear in the background a kind of screaming. It's a very loud cawing. It's a corvid for sure. But I don't know if it's crow or raven. I suspect crow. I am coming to you with a very special report from a very special place. I am at a location that my son named years ago Golden Dome. And he wanted to have a ritual here, as did I. This is um, six years ago, five years ago. And so we did at that time. And I've fantasized about this place because what it is, I'll I'll post pictures, it's like a giant half cave or maybe series of half caves. This is a big lava formation. It pulses with energy, particularly at night. You can tell that this place has a spiritual history. And if we hadn't so zealously attempted to move and blot out the indigenous peoples of this area. They might be able to tell us exactly what this spirit was named and how to properly speak to it. I've been trying to speak to it as we've been camping here this week for solstice. camping right next to this magnificent rock formation. It has many little niches and nooks. And you know, whenever it was, five or six years ago, when we first discovered it and first did a little ritual here with some of our drowning rat friends, that's only four years ago, actually. Yeah, 2016. Um, I had this image in my mind. I had this fantasy I pictured the dome lit up at night with little twinkling lights. And I pictured performances happening here. I was at that point having loads of visions of performances in this area. Among the volcanic moonscapes of Belknap Crater, among the pines, the ghost manzanitas, I pictured dancers particularly. People like Linda Austin, Emily Stone. And I pictured some kind of lovely little thing would happen in the twinkling dome. Now, here we are, four years, four years later, maybe five years since I first started thinking of the performance. And we gathered here for solstice, just a couple of people. I've been having some health issues and there's COVID. But we still did solstice, a couple people, at this wonderful and sacred space. And I and my friend, who may not want to be named, we'll call her H. She came from out of town to visit, and we both brought little battery-operated candles. And we both brought items for niches and altars. And my son brought things, too. And I brought some real candles as well. 
And so on the night of solstice, we had this twinkling dome, twinkling with little lights. And the performance, instead of being something that I directed or choreographed or performed in or conceived of, I got to be the audience. Our children performed the show, invented it. They sang songs invoking elemental powers. They sang to the moon, and they sang and did yoga to the sun. That's something that these kids have done on equinoxes and solstices past, but never to this degree. They also had a kind of play, uh, an adventure story that they acted out as a theater piece. H's partner is also a theater nerd, as am I. And he helped them with the technical aspects. They had a, a gobo of a dragon attacking them. They had a follow spot. It was incredible, you guys. It was incredible. And that is one kind of manifestation. I find in my life, I am often confused about what I'm supposed to be manifesting when. And the tarot reading that I pulled for our solstice season, and this is kind of like a meta card to take us all the way through the next six months to the next solstice. Something to return to over and over and think about. This card made me think about that whole issue of when we have to figure out what do I manifest? When do I manifest it? How? What form does it want to take? Some of you are probably less plagued by that than I am. I'm a like multi-interdisciplinary artist, writer, sometimes activist, you know, I'm all over the map, I got Pisces on the midheaven, you know, I get confused. Some of you are probably a little more linear and focused, at least I hope you are, someone should be. But sometimes manifestation really takes the kind of energy that I just described, where my job my job is to channel a vision. Am I inventing said vision? Or is it arising from something else? From the great woo? From a particular spirit? We're also very near a little highway. So pardon the noise. Um, so, yeah. I know that every single vision and image I have isn't meant to be realized, much less by me, because I have zillions of them. But some of them are, are quite persistent, including this Twinkling Dome performance vision. And what it turned out that my job was to be on this performance. My job was to have this idea or let it flow through me. My job was to describe that vision a little bit to my son. My job was to share this special place with a handful of very special people. My job was to set up the campsite here so we could 
have this space instead of the local kids who party out here. My job was to instigate a gathering, have an idea, maybe cook some food. And that was it. If I had sat down and strategized how to make that performance happen, how to realize the vision as it originally occurred in my mind, I would never have gotten to this beautiful, beautiful, spontaneous experience that our kids prepared all day Saturday on the solstice and that they performed for us in all of their wacky originality and their improv skills. Maybe my job was having the child, carrying him in my belly, bearing him into the world. Those of you who know me know that that was quite a process because I had planned not to have children. So things got pretty wacky when this little spirit came around demanding to be carried and born. And I did it. Eventually, I did it. It happened. And then I've raised him to be the kind of person who knows how to improvise songs and lyrics at the last moment in front of an audience and to sing to the moon. So I've been part of this whole process, but I haven't planned it out. And I got to have an extra dose of joy in experiencing the big show because I hadn't planned every detail. Yes, I was highly instrumental to any of this coming together, but it's kind of not about me. It's about that moon. It's about the golden dome and its rocks and twinkles. It's about my friend H and her little family. So that is the story, the example that I want to bring to the card we pulled earlier in the day on solstice. So uh, right around the time, a little bit later, but close to the time when um, we had an annular solar eclipse at zero degrees of Cancer, which I felt very strongly because I am a Cancer rising at two degrees. Um, But probably everybody felt that. Our new moon in Cancer at the beginning of our next season, this cardinal point. So around that time in the afternoon here in Pacific time, in the Northern Hemisphere welcoming summer, my friend H and I went into the Golden Dome and uh, we pulled a tarot card. It wasn't quite socially distanced, I suppose. I spent time with the cards, handling them, and then I fanned them out and she plucked out our card, something to guide us through until the next solstice, which will be in December. We pulled the Empress, my friends. Yeah, the Empress. I gotta say, I was super happy to see the Empress just now. These have been rough times, I think, for just about everybody, either internally or externally, or both. I've been on a wild ride myself, and that issue of manifestation is really big in Empress Land. She has an earthiness to her. She does make stuff happen. However, 
The Empress also embodies a more watery spirit and the more receptive side of earth energy. What we call in our culture and in hermetic traditions, various traditions, what we call feminine energy, yin energy. The empress has to be receptive and open and feminine style female. My dome performance could only be manifested because I opened up to completely changing my life at the request of a small spirit knocking on the door asking to be born. Completely changed my life, my husband's life, our relationship, everything. So that's the receptive. The receptive doesn't have to be the passive. And I think we sometimes confuse those two in how we think about gender, both in, you know, biological sex and gender, and in the various cultural and mystical traditions that use these kinds of words and metaphors. Being the receptive does not mean not doing anything sitting around, waiting for something to show up. The Empress is the ultimate mother card of the entire tarot. You're not going to get more mom card than the Empress. We tend to think of her as being happy, generous, fulfilled, queenly, but not a queen, mom. She is also dark mother. You can't have generative, creative, manifesting, giving, nurturing mom without the other side. Fierce, ruled by the moon, the tides and the moods. Mysterious, cloaked in a, what we can call a darkness, a mystery, that our extremely patriarchal culture doesn't necessarily understand or appreciate. And when I say patriarchal, I don't just mean the white dudes you happen to know. I mean all of us. We were all born and raised into this, unless you happen to be from some really groovy culture or tribe somewhere where none of that happened. I'm just an American myself. So the Empress comes to us to teach us something about what manifestation is. When you look at the card, and in this case we're using the Smith Rider Waite deck, and I'll post a picture, of course. When you look at her, she's kind of loafing about on a throne. She looks very relaxed and super duper confident. I feel like walking while we talk about this. Maybe we'll hear from that Corvid again. So there she is, confident. Looking at her face, I don't think you'll see smugness, but you will see some satisfaction. She has a languid 
that uh, that isn't really echoed by the queen cards of this deck. She's a ruler, but she's pretty relaxed about it. Part of what the Empress tells us is to enjoy. This life, this place where we are manifest for this lifetime, where we manifest stuff, like our creative work, our children, our activism, our work, all that stuff we do, all that stuff we manifest is here in this earthly realm. And the Empress is very much of this earthly realm. She rules it. And what she tells us is that we have to enjoy this thing while we got it. It's not here forever. Our lifetime isn't here forever. We don't even know if this planet, this habitat, these lifetimes, this way of being, this uh, species, right? This being human being, we don't know how long that will last. Whether we're looking at geologic time, whether we're looking at evolution, climate collapse, (laughs) or we're just looking at our own little lifetimes, right? They're limited. The Empress comes up and demands that we enjoy what is manifest here, what we have already manifested. And we can enjoy thinking about manifestations to come as well. I don't mean to imply that pulling this card means um, let's be lazy, let's not work. She's got stuff to do. She's ruling an important realm. She has people who come to her for advice, to adjudicate matters. She's, she's running, she's, it's kind of like picture yourself running a household. Many of you do. Maybe it's a household of one. Maybe you're a mom or a dad or a parent of some other non-gendered word and uh, somebody's got to run that household she's in charge of that in this particular empire the emperor you know in this deck he might seem more like the ruler guy uh, but he's kind of focused on protection and expansion you know he's he's armored up He's doing uh, masculine stuff, is how we would associate that in our culture. So he, if we draw him, it tells us to look for authority, outside authority. Authoritarianism can come along with him. Um, many woo-woo folks have been talking for the last three and a half years about how Donald Trump is the emperor, or you could say the emperor reversed. I think that's a bit harsh because the Emperor card can certainly be nicer than that. But by contrast, the Empress, she's nurturing what's here. Maybe he's guarding it or maybe he's going out there to conquer some people, get some more empire, fight tigers, bring home bacon, whatever. Various masculine metaphors go here. The Empress is a more of a mom and definitely a teacher and artist. And it doesn't matter what gender you are or aren't. 
identify with or prefer not to have to identify with anything. Don't worry about that stuff. The Empress has a lot of that receptive energy she has is what enables manifestation, and that is creativity. Without the deliberate receptivity, she doesn't get the manifestation, and neither do we. It can't just be emperor out there conquering all the time. That's only one way of working. Our culture kind of sets us up to think that that's the important thing. Like maybe you have a spurt of creativity, you, uh, you write a song, but then you're going to spend most of your time riding out on your steed. Your steed is probably a phone or a computer. <laughs> and then you're going to draw your sword and battle your way out there to um, get your song heard. You're going to upload it to here and fight for attention over there and try to get a show over here. That's just, a, I think, a metaphor that many of us who are creative can identify with. That external motion. Empress, she's going to take a little more time. She's really going to appreciate the generative process, including the big slow part. The big slow part. Where we chill out. We feel ourselves being one with this earth and all the pulsing, thrumming creatures and plants and trees upon it. Where we luxuriate in our senses. This is a card of long baths. This is a card of slowly eating a delicious meal, preferably with someone you care about or at least sharing the experience with them, maybe through words later on. Or, you know, Instagram your lunch. Our senses are important. The earth is important. Loving our lives here is important. And I think that can be very difficult to, um, to remember and, and kind of do something about. Oh, I was a raven. Hello, raven. It's two ravens. Sounds more like a crow to me. Hi, you guys. Uh, what was I blathering about? Right, enjoying this earth. Enjoying our lives. It's hard to do when we see so much injustice and so much potential for change and need for change. We want to exhaust ourselves with activism. We want to drain all of our energy, whether out of Oh, a desire to make positive change or a reactivity against our own guilt and feelings of helplessness. A lot of us feel that way. In this time, it might be because a lot of us are white. Or mostly white. I'm mostly white. Are there ways that I can engage with the current movement and energy that really respect this empress energy? She's going to take a little longer a slower boil to to create her manifestation that is a response to this moment part of me is very fiery and very masculine and I just want to like immediately at least you know write a column and take to the streets and in this case with the resurgence of 
the Black Lives Matter movement and kind of the mainstreaming of it into more uh, non-black people's awareness, I've had to repeatedly sort of hold myself back from my first reaction or my first piece of writing. And there's various reasons for that um, having to do with um, the political divide in our country and, and the place I moved to four years ago. So I won't go into all that, but it is a, just a way of saying I feel all that angst of not being able to take immediate lasting action that I know to be right action. I'm taking slow action, slow conversation. I'm taking care of my health. Empress says, look to your body. What does your body need right now? Does it need 12 hours at the computer or at the phone calling your senators? Or does it need one hour of that style of activism and a nice bath, a good meal, uh, planting a garden? It's hard to look at that sometimes. We want to do external things that... um, that maybe others will point to and say, hey, look at that good thing being done over there. That stuff's important, but it's not the only thing. And I keep pulling cards this spring that are telling us this other part matters. The receptive part matters. The chill out and exist part matters. Whether it's COVID, our own health, the health and safety and well-being of our African-American brothers and sisters you know we have to kind of take care of everything at once and if we're not able to uh, do any self care or take care of our families we're not going to be helping the movement that much in a couple months we're just going to be wiped out so I think Empress is telling us telling us to sit with ourselves and really nurture ourselves. She's really intuitive. I don't know, is your mom intuitive? Some of you probably have intuitive moms, some of you not so much. But a mom who is intuitive can really exemplify and amplify a very interesting and positive feminine energy. She's bustling around, she's doing this and that, but her awareness is really heightened. Some of you are moms with children of various ages. So you have felt this really directly. We have heightened vigilance, but also uh, heightened intuition about our children. By caring for something or someone, we open up another layer, another level of woo, of woo-woo intuition, this and that. And uh, the Empress has gotten really good at doing that. It's not just heightened vigilance that wears you out. She's like, all right, pass the bonbons. We're going to sit here for a while and listen to the people. Perhaps dispense some needed advice. We're going to create something beautiful. We're going to enjoy something beautiful. We are definitely going to read poetry, preferably out loud. Maybe we will, I don't know, take up a lute and begin to pluck its strings. 
We are going to smell the flowers and perhaps we're going to plant them. The Empress comes up to say, this isn't just something that makes us feel good. This is part of our job in this next six month period. The relishing, the appreciating, not just in the kind of cheesy Hallmark card sense of the word gratitude, but like digging down. Picture digging mud up and smelling it. Oh, that's the kind of thing that I'm grateful for right now. That earth beneath my feet. The Empress likes that. So it is a grounded, maybe a little dirty, and... Uh, maybe primitive energy, and yet there's refinement. The human arts come naturally to Venus, who rules this card, in my opinion. There's many opinions about such things. I also like that the Empress is toward the beginning of a major arcana cycle. Um, I like that she's a three. Three is a wonderful manifestation energy where you're looking at things that seem to be opposites or seem to be polarized and you begin to bring them together. Again, we come back to the metaphor of sex and regeneration. Biological male plus biological female sometimes equals baby, a new thing. So use that as a metaphor or, or be literal. Go have a baby, that's fine. <laughs> If you have a baby already of whatever sort, metaphorical or literal or grown up, tend to your baby. Not at the not at the expense of yourself. Empress is not just like exhausted barefoot mom with twins hanging off her breasts, wishing to God that someone would come and help her so she could take a 45-minute nap. Right? She's definitely more of an empowered mother, an empowered creator, an empowered nurturer. This power comes to her partly through the nurturance of self, the appreciation of this planet that, that, you know, decreed that she should be able to make life. Whoever made her an empress, right? So I'm really kind of going on and on here. It is a beautiful hot day. The pines are bright orange. They smell like vanilla. Various insects are rubbing their legs together, making interesting noises. The final thing I want to say about this Empress energy is that sovereignty, sovereignty comes with it. If we cannot own ourselves and our bodies, particularly the feminine receptive parts of our bodies, regardless of whether we're biologically male or female. If we can't own that spiritually, physically, sexually, sensually, if we can't gain sovereignty over that, it's very hard to help others. Our babies, important social movements, any of it. So it's a balance, my friends, as always. And I think we're up for it. I think we're up for this challenge. It f might feel like, oh, but this isn't a challenge. This is telling me to, you know, go to the lake and, and hang out. Go to the river, pick nettles, make some nettle, uh, nettle pesto. One of my 
dear listeners suggested that the other day when I ran into her at the river, and it was so delicious. I can't believe I've never made nettle pesto before. Um, so these like sensory and healthy delights, they're not an abdication from some of the more serious work we need to do. That work still is there. We're still going to be doing it. But I think going with our Empress energy will allow us to approach that work with more strength, with a giant bumblebee. Oh, look at that. Um, With more respect for nature and Mother Earth, with a sense of groundedness in Earth, not just all the fieriness of um, direct action and the air element that accompanies uh, communications-based activism. Those things are important, but you have to keep your feet on the ground, or at least some of us do, in order for those actions to succeed. It can't be all air and fire and masculine energy externalized all the time. So I'm very happy we pulled the Empress I'm very happy that, and I do consider it a challenge. For me, it's, it's easier to be external than to accept that there are sometimes dark depths that I need to explore before I even deserve to have an opinion about some important social matter or to make that poem. The depth work kind of happens under the surface of this beautiful Empress Lady that we all kind of carry within us. So I hope you enjoy exploring your sovereignty, your deeply regenerative um, femininity, regardless of your particular gender identification. I hope that the sensual aspects are really delicious for you. I hope that you make room for earth and you go seek it out. And if you're stuck in a, you know, if you're stuck in a place that where you can't get to nature right now, um, I hope you'll spend time with Ersatz nature. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll post some things here. You can look at some photos, read some nature poetry. Your body will tremble like a tuning fork when you allow it to realign with these things instead of just electronics, instead of just talk and words. Music is another way to align. And if you must use words, you know, look at poetry, look at lyric. All of these things can really just help us tune in. Ah, I'm finding that very exciting. I hope that this has been a nice summer, midsummer's day treat for you. I will be posting it a couple days after solstice because I'm out in the woods, man. I'm very grateful for all of your support. I am available for readings right now. Or by the time I post this, I'll be back. I will be able to do rush service again. And I would love to have your patronage. And as you guys know, I really love it when you get in touch with me and let me know if if this card resonates with you or maybe it creates a feeling of resistance in you. Maybe you don't like it. Maybe you do. 
Let me know how it seems to work or not work for you today and in the six months to come when we will keep coming back to this image of an empress, fecund and golden and summery. Much love, air hugs, and all that good stuff. Happy solstice, friends. nature.